So I was thinking the other day about PE, about physical education, like the classes you were forced to take in high school and junior high. And then, well, in high school, you got to, if, if you played sports, you kind of got out of them, right? You didn't have to wear the school issued shorts and, and t-shirt. You know what I mean? If you didn't dress out, remember you got in trouble or whatever. I was thinking about it because um, I find that patients say um, similar things uh, or they have understandings about their physical life that are not correct, like the tightness of a muscle or like they, people don't know why they're injured. They don't, there's no kind of foundation for what they should be able to do. Like they'll say they have back pain and they're like, well, my hamstrings are tight. You know what I mean? Uh, or if they go to exercise, they're like, well, you know, I know I should be running if I want to lose weight. There's just kind of some general things like that where patients throw out just constantly. I'm sure you've heard of them. And so I was thinking about like, what if I was to redo physical education, PE, like through junior high and high school, like what would that look like? Um, but before we get into that conversation, welcome to the Anatomy of Therapy. I'm Dr. John Sobolski here with Bobby Riley. Um, PE, like I just want, I want to think about like some foundations, like, you know, the, they're movements like Dan John was talking about a push, a pull, a squat, a hinge, you know what I mean? Or, you know, you should work your heart more than you work your biceps, maybe some basic nutritional stuff. And I think it worked out well through school, because like I said, in high school, you get to do sport, like play a sport, right? And so if you got past kind of the basics of PE, you'd be allowed to strap on some pads and hit some people in football, or kick a soccer ball around or whatever it was, right? But it would almost preclude that, include, preclude that you had a basic kind of physical understanding so that you could progress to sport. And so that the physical, the PE was kind of built for that. So I was like, what is it like grade one, first grade, second grade, junior high, elementary, high school? What, what would I wish I learned? You know what I mean? We could, we could do like first grade. You could learn some basic, this is your arm, that's your bicep, you know? And then middle school, we got onto something. I guess my question to you is like, what, what questions do you get from patients far too often that perhaps a little PE in grade school might have corrected? Like, what are the fundamentals you wish your patients knew? Does that make sense? Cause I do think. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to have you clarify how that brought you to oh. PE. Uh, those questions from patients just, you're saying, you're saying retrospectively, what could, if we know what we know now, what could right. we have given to somebody so that they don't, they don't end up where they are now. So they don't, so they ask better questions. Cause there are, there are patients who do ask good questions. who do have a good understanding or a better understanding of their body of their, of their situation. There's some people that are just, I mean, Dr. Offenberger from that episode used to call them motor morons. Like they couldn't feel their body. They didn't know their knee from their ankle, you know, like they didn't, they couldn't, they wouldn't tell you what their quad, what's the difference between the quads and the hamstrings. It's just have none of that. And so they would literally point to a muscle and they'll be like, so my leg muscle, you know, they just have no clue. And what sort of basic understanding would help them help me because then I have to ask a bunch of questions and it's fine. That's I'm okay with that. Um, but I was just a thought experiment. What would those fundamentals kind of be that would help, help them help me. I have a couple ideas. I, I, 
Yeah. I, so I want to hear yours, but I'm going to be okay. facetious on this because I think, I think it, that is not a reasonable expectation actually, because, because these like false axioms that you're kind of like hinting at these ideas of like, Oh, if you have low back pain, it's your tight hamstrings or right. these other like axioms that we think are truths, but are really just completely, they could be true one out of a thousand times, but uh, many other times they're not correct at all. Yeah. Um, I feel like even somebody with a that's highly, highly educated and it has a field just just tangential to our field, let's just say like a medical doctor, like a surgeon, sure. who's also very interested in yeah. physical fitness. Like so they're a surgeon, they also like to train, they're a triathlete, they they're very interested in their own body. They'll still ask terrible questions, honestly, and they will still repeat false axioms or, or say things that you're like, okay, that's, that's the cookie cutter thing <clears throat> that the right. flying sevens is going to tell you at the visit. If yeah. They're, they're going to say this, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's a, my alignment is off and that's the problem. Or they're just going to say some of these issues bone that, on you know, bone. yeah, it's just because they're tight, you know, and that's causing yeah. my problem. You know, they're just, it's, um, we, we simplify these things into their, to, to these tiny, you know, axioms so that they're easily, uh, what do you say, reproduced throughout the, through the culture in a way. And I feel like even highly educated people in fields similar to ours sure. make these mistakes. And, and I mean, even amongst ourselves, you can just look back to your own career a few years ago. And I mean, I probably would not repeat some of the things I repeated to patients a few years ago. And I paid a bunch of money to go to a school for several years to give false axioms at the end of the day. And so I don't expect a 14 year old girl who's interested in Marilyn Manson and not kickball to really care about glenohumeral rotation. And knowing that there is some integration between the glenohumeral joint and her rib cage. And that when she says, is my shoulder tight, she should really be asking, am I expanding underneath my scapula? Like, I, I know I'm, I'm being super sure. facetious on your point, but I wanted I like to just it. like I'm throw fine. it back in, in that regard. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I think we can have a, I really want to talk about what, what maybe should be included in PE just straight up, but, or phi ed, as people say in the Midwest. Uh, and, Midwest. Uh, uh, but I, at this point, I, I think I'm kicking, I'm pushing back a little bit on I'm fine with I'm fine with the pushback. Uh, I don't I think that's that's some end end range knowledge right there. Like if you're talking about dorsal rostral expansion as to the reason why your rhomboids suck or whatever. That's why I was saying like basic stuff like movement basics like what's the difference between a squat and a hinge like you can learn that in sixth grade. You can put that on a test or you can demonstrate it and even if it wasn't let's just say paper knowledge. I'm saying physical knowledge of the body. And I was almost getting to it a little bit because people seemed so out of touch with their physique. Um, and I do think maybe it has to do a little bit more. I know they want to say the right thing. They want to say something helpful for sure. They're just showing you as much as they can. I believe that. But one of the jobs I think we have, maybe this is closer to what I was trying to get at is the physical understanding of what is going on in their body. Part of what pain is, is a non-understanding of what the hell is going on. Pain is pain because they can't, like it's a sharp, it's an ache. You can't, there's not really words to 
to describe exactly what pain is. You know what I mean? Which is why I go to movements. You know, does it hurt more in extension versus flexion? You know, what are the active daily things it hurts to reach? It hurts to lay on, you know? And so they'll kind of push around. They're like, it hurts here in the front of my shoulder. But then I'm like, well, what during the day can you not do? I can't reach back and slap my kid in the back seat or, you know, when I have to bend over to lift my child up, my back hurts. Now that's, that's more applicable, but they will say, yeah, my low back is really tight and they can't really explain it. So maybe it's just a better language to help understand their body. Like, I think that's what rehab is. I think that's the rehab that we should be giving people is for them to sense and become aware of pieces or parts of their body or movements that previously they were unaware of. Yeah. Uh, so that's a long reach. Yeah. But what I would, what I would say is that the expert, the expert clinician yeah. will probably be able to pull from an ignorant patient in front of them. Sure. Uh, the, the adequate information, despite zero awareness of their body or anything. So this is the, it's like the catch 22, the catch 22 is if you're a good enough clinician, it doesn't matter how, how great the background knowledge is of the patient. And if you're not an expert clinician, I don't think it even matters that the patient has a great vernacular for, for how they feel and what they can express, uh, through human movement or, or through self-awareness of their body and, and, and things like this, because the clinician can't do anything with that information anyway. I, I think that's the catch 22. Like I just, I think of great clinicians and I think they can pull out the answer from anyone and, and I take the, the lower end clinician. And I don't think it matters if, if it's Matt Fraser who comes in the clinic or just somebody who's, who's just played the, the triangle their whole life uh, and, and never, and never did a single athletic movement their whole life. That's like, the end of the, of the spectrum from Matt Fraser. I like that yeah. <laughs> triangle. Sorry. Dude. No, the I know triangle it's is baller. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's not easy. Yeah. But, but no, what, I know it would be more. It would be more. I think the goal should be to instill like movement capability without conscious awareness of it. Would be the goal. Like instead of like making PE always about fun. Like let's just play kickball because everybody voted for kickball, uh, or let's play you know dodgeball because that was the popular thing. That's what kids like the teacher, the most, the coach, the most, most for sure. rather it's like, let's make fun out of things that will actually create good movements. Like, you know, so, so the person who should be trained in this is the PE teachers, you know, like sure. instead of just teaching them how to deal with kids and how to reprimand and they should also have some working knowledge of, of human anatomy and physiology. I, th I mean, I think they do, but I, I don't know the level of education that goes into being a, a PE teacher yeah. personally, but I think no. maybe that could be greater and school, you know, there could be an emphasis play placed on, I think there was a documentary of some school in California. This is, I, I can't remember the film, but it's about it's star at school. Probably. No, it's way before that. It was like the seventies okay. or something. And yeah. that, Basically, I think they mimicked it off of like Soviet style uh, physical education and this and basically I, I don't I don't remember this very well, but like everybody was super ripped and had like getting their their grades were better, like everything was better about them. But they, they basically had a P.E. 
program that was equivalent of high level plyometrics and you know yeah. everybody could do pull-ups everybody could do you know high-end functional things that have uh -huh. you know um i can't remember it right now but I, i'm sure if anybody looks up like california physical education documentary it'll be there so you're saying there is a benefit to having a higher so well let's go back to the clinician thing i'm i agree that everybody knows you know we, we were talking earlier text messaging briefly about like the biological age of tissue like i do think a general physical activity slows down the effects of time on the body you know what i mean so like there is that but let's go back to the what's that potentially potentially it can also accelerate it too it can also accelerate. I, I think there's a biological uh, maturity. Mm. Let's just say that. I mean, like, yeah, if you're a hypertrophy guy and you're roiding up and you're juicing, you're destroying. Yeah, there's a level of maturity through that biological age. But back to the expert clinician that I wish I was, because I go back and forth with this. Sometimes maybe it's my level of tiredness or the amount of coffee flowing through me. How much I try to correct a patient your hamstrings aren't tight, the, the tilting of the pelvis, your center of gravity has shifted. How much of that actually matters for the ultimate outcome of the patient feeling better? Because there have been plenty of times where I was just tired and I didn't want to explain. I just let the patient kind of talk. And then I was just like, uh-huh, okay, sure, they're tight. Great, yep, you're stressed. Yes, you're getting old, you know? Is, is this, from this, I would just agree with everything. And then just fix them or just give them activities or stretches and exercises that got the job done. You know what I mean? Without mm. ever having like, well, actually, there's some research in 2006 that shows that the iliotibia band doesn't cause friction upon the lateral distal caudal. It's actually just a continuation of TFL. And there's an elastic capability that stores energy. The patients could care less, although that is true. It, they could care less. So, like, the, I don't want to say the lazy, is maybe this is the question is a lazy didactic clinician a better clinician like a, a a poor teaching clinician who's just wants to get the job done like dude i thought of, i thought of this the other week um i was listening to a lecture on kafka and they were talking about uh the german word for job which i'm you probably know stellen or something like that i'm going to mispronounce it but basically the direct translation is place so if there's a job opening, they'll say, we have a place here. That's the closest English. So like my job as a chiropractor, my place is to teach people ab about their body. I do think that helping them gain awareness can get them to their ultimate goal. But ultimately, like you want to bend over to be able to pick up Soren. You need to be able to reach out and change his diaper. You know what I mean? Is a lazy didactic clinician a better clinician? Because well, I go back and forth. Because I, personally, I want to be like, well, there's that 2006 study, but also help the help the person touch their toes, shut up, and do your stay in your place. I think there's two types of people that usually become chiropractors, and one of them are business more business savvy, business minded. Yeah. That's, they went into it because their uncle has a chiropractic clinic and they saw how it functions and they know yeah. their uncle golfs every Thursday and only works a three day work week and has a Porsche Cayenne. And, and uh, 
and 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 they want that mod. They want to model that. You know, they 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 can build something. They can open up multiple clinics. They can fill those clinics with other associates and kind of yeah. slowly back out of the clinic. And you know, for those, they just probably want the most efficient way to 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 grow clientele and to have streamline the the new patient visit and the, the follow-up visits and create a system and, and they like that they like the organization they like running a business and then you have the just like the nerds the 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 ones that want to understand the intricacies of the body and i'm not saying there can't be overlap there's probably overlap but often there's sure. there's not overlap they are like very separate individuals and there's yeah. the ones that that uh could couldn't care less for uh you know uh, marketing strategies and business development and just wants you know to to peruse PubMed before bed and i i feel like the goal will let you know how successful you are so i mean if you mm. if your goal is okay. monetary like success well then you can compare that <laughs> to the strategy you're using to achieve monetary success and it, it yeah. may not be commensurate but if uh, if your if your goal was never yeah to have multiple uh, BMWs, well then, and and you and you really enjoy your learning and spending time with the patient and educating them, and then you know over a decade you slowly get referrals from the people that care about your didactic uh, strategy in in the in the treatment sure. room. Well then, that's also a success story as well. Like to, and 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 also I mean this this is just me, my philosophizing towards like, there's no right or wrong in my mind. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with the, the at least some somewhat ethical or, or, or greater approach to, to monetary growth. It's all fine to me. I, I'm fine with those people. I'm also fine with the person that doesn't want to go to PE class and wants to listen to the cure uh, and and uh, paint their nails black and, and has no interest in football or, or, or any other physical activity. There's nothing wrong with that in my mind. Like, not philosophically. I could say, now, if you ask me, is that better for their health? You know, I, I probably not. Okay, but that's not that that's not the question here. So again, I think the whatever the goal is, that defines you have to compare the goal to the, to, to it, and and that will define the success whether it's there or not. You know, fair. I think that's a uh, an incredibly good way to balance it out. I do perhaps think there are people out there who do not feel satisfied in their goal. Perhaps they don't know that their goal is monetary, financial. I mean, we most of us here that are listening live in a capitalist world where success is based on the amount of money that you're making. It's just kind of a fact. And whether you have been able to escape that, like some people have, where you're not terribly worried about money, you have enough. I heard a quote this week. There are people who say they have enough money and there are people who have money. Um, you know, and, and that's fine if that's your goal. But there are I do think there are people who maybe just aren't clear on their purpose, aren't clear on, you know, what it is they're doing. Like, do you get really clear on being like, I need to educate all my patients on this one thing? Even if you do think that is particularly good to have that knowledge, to have to help them in that way. But if it doesn't line up with your goal of having a busy practice or having living a satisfied life 
um, in work, like, does it get, does it get down to that? Like, what is the most satisfying type of place for you in work? Cause you're going to have to work. Some of us unfortunately have to work. Is, is that more of the question? Like, where's your sweet spot? I think it's, uh, it's like, I'm not saying to give it, you don't have like, to answer. No, no. I'm thinking it's like, I'm not giving an answer. I'm just thinking that yeah. it's like paradoxically and simultaneously, uh, weird that the, like the, the, the instance where you get to ask this question of what is my goal or what do I want to be? It's, it's yeah. paradoxical in the sense that if you get to ask that question, chances are you are more likely to be on, 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 uh, an SSRI or an antidepressant. If you get to ask that question, like, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be? Am mm. I in the right field? Am I in the right career? Do I have right. the right spouse? Like, if you get to ask these questions, like, ch I think chances are you are more likely to be on an antidepressant. That's the paradox because the paradox is that that's what everybody wants is that freedom to choose. But yet in my experience of traveling through countries where you don't have a choice, you work by by absolute necessity and you couldn't imagine a scenario where you weren't working and the only goal of work is just to put the food on the table and keep the house like covered from right. the elements that they they may not ever reach the heights of like what uh tony robbins is trying to give somebody for a million dollars a session but they probably never come close to the lows of of, of uh yeah. Of, a, of a Swiss citizen who just is wondering what to do with their half a million dollars that they just inherited like last week from like every relative that slowly passes away that I, I, that I don't know why I'm talking about this so deeply, but I just I I find it. that it, it interesting. So my, I guess the connection would be it's a local problem. I'm talking about an American <laughs> issue, <laughs> but the connection the here to the, the clinic is, is if you get to ask yourself such a question of, yeah, you know, should I make more in the clinic this year or should I just take more courses and get smarter? Like that's a question that's more likely to either cause more harm because you just don't know if you're doing what you're supposed to do. And if you're benefiting it enough, if you're doing it good enough or that person down the street makes more than you or your, or your other colleague knows more than you, uh, th that can hurt quite a bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, so sure. if you get to ask these questions, I, they, the, maybe the takeaway is to try to be grateful to, for the fact that you get to ask such a question. Um, but that's yeah. also hard because if you just, if you, if you grow up with the liberty to, to create your own happiness, well then it's kind of hard to genuinely be grateful for it. In other words, you know, it's not like something that yeah. you never had and then you gained it. You just kind of always had it, you know, like for sure. Very tough. So, there's just many of us who are just gonna, you know, slowly be these, you know, cantankerous uh, people <laughs> as life goes on, just yeah. not fulfilling all our all our damn goals that we want. <laughs> I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with well, I'm fine with you saying that. I'm just saying <laughs> I think there are people out there who want more but don't know which way that more is. Do you know what I mean? And perhaps it's, as my brother not, would say, maybe that's the wrong question to ask. I agree. Anytime you're answering the question, I mean, look, well, I'll just get into it. I think the ego is based off of what it is not. 
Okay. And so if you ever are getting prideful in that sense, you're really only based, if you're not, I'm successful, you're saying I'm not, I don't have as much money as Dr. Zeno. I'm not as busy as Zeno. It's usually those negatives that are, you're basing your identity off of. Mm, yeah. um, and simply answering the question of, am I successful? Puts you in this category of comparison mm. versus I don't know if you want to do a Ram Dass, be here now and just kind of go with the flow and do the best you can with the patient you have, with the knowledge you have in front of you. Um, and then go home and be with your family and go watch the new Woody Allen documentary and see what's going on with Mia Farrow. Why did he do those things? <laughs> this, this conversation, oh, we're going, it's a thing that's on HBO now. You're going to do the show notes for this one. I'm not, I'll do this on the These show notes are going to hit every popular SEO point. <laughs> Worst podcast ever. Um, but I love it. I love it, man. Uh, you got to get back to your boy. Uh, that's our show it's today. Food for th Wait, I want to leave with it, no, if, okay. just one takeaway, one yeah. thing before like we leave. What would you give for a physical education class? Mm. That, 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 Comment below. You know, what would you personally, I mean, Oh, yes, me comment personally. below as well. Yeah. Comment but, below, hit that, smash that like. I mean, button. you're the one that had this question. So I wanted to know is there's like, do you look back and they're like, they made me play softball way too much. I really just wanted to do uh, controlled articular rotations. The answer is the like Dan Johnson of a push, pull, hinge, you know, whatever, swing. So more squat. training, less sport? No, I just want a baseline of to get to sport. Like I do think the end range is to get to, I think even in the P, the physical education world, the, the idea is still correct to get to something that you love. If you just want to walk around the track with your friends and gossip about whatever, that's fine. I wanted to be playing football and playing soccer. Well, not and whatever. Throw in another reference for the show notes. <laughs> I wanted to play sports with my homies and get another patch on my letter jacket. Mm -hmm. And so like, that is what I enjoyed. I love competing, playing sports. So whatever for me is competing and playing sports. I enjoy that. I was very satisfied with that. And if you're not satisfied with that and just want to walk around the track and get well, a little maybe, maybe the class D. maybe the class shouldn't be just to purely expose you to all the sports that are available because sports are all inventions maybe it should be more at least begin with primitive movement you know in a sense i don't mean you're climbing trees out there i just mean yeah like a little bit of a training background and then maybe connect that somehow to sports you might want to play you know but i do think your question was better like the teachers should put like a good clinician, put their students in a place to succeed in a way, like just create an environment where the thing you want kind of happens. Yeah. I think that's, for me, that's what a good clinician would do is just do the thing as little and in, in a, as little of a showy kind of way as you could, because it makes it more about you as you do that, whether rather the onus should be helping the person in front of you. Yes. That's my takeaway. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Am I allowed to end that's the podcast fair. now? Jeez. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Thank uh, you for listening to the Anatomy of Therapy. Bobby and I will not be friends after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that like button. Give us a review. If you're feeling bad about your job, 
give us a review. Y'all have a wonderful day. Peace. Au revoir.